Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, today is a special day. It is a a special day, and I will confess that I have to kind of break a little bit here. Uh, While I'm speaking to you, it's still just me and a camera in an empty church building. But this weekend in our services, we are all coming together. Of course, there are still going to be some people who are staying home, but it is the first time in months that our doors are open for worship, and we are excited about coming together as brothers and sisters in Christ in worship. We as pastors are so excited to be able to see you, to have you here in person, and I know that many of you have also said that even though you have enjoyed watching the videos, there's certainly nothing like being in the church, being in the school, being together, going through the worship services, singing those songs. Try to sing the songs at home by yourself. It, it gets a little bit difficult. But this weekend, as we are gathered together, I wanted to just try to keep things simple and keep things basic. And so I think I can summarize my sermon today in one sentence. So after hearing the sentence, obviously you can just tune out. I know you may not be used to sitting for a sermon for a very long time, but uh, you can't get up and go to the bathroom right now. You can't go up and get something from the fridge. You can't just hit the pause button. So I'm going to keep it short. This is the message from our gospel reading, even from all of our readings, but especially our gospel reading today. The message is this. Jesus loves sinners and calls them to follow him. Let me say it again. Jesus loves sinners and calls them to follow him. Now, I hope that when I say this, you think, boy, pastor, tell me something I didn't know. Yeah, of course Jesus loves sinners and calls them to follow him. I I already know this. This is basic, fundamental stuff here. And I'm glad that you would agree that this is basic and fundamental stuff, but I think that it is important for us today to remember this, to hear this message, because we are in a strange time. It is not very often that a church has to close its doors for weeks at a time. It is not very often that buildings and businesses have to be closed to the public. It is not very often when teachers have to teach students from a distance through, uh, through various technologies. But here we are. And this isn't the only thing that's happening, is it? We are also in a time of unrest with the deaths of Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd, especially gaining a lot of attention in the media, questions about race, injustice, segregation, prejudice, things that some people thought these are not problems in our society. These are things that we have dealt with in the past. All of these questions have come back now, and there is a lot of turmoil. There are a lot of conversations. There are a lot of strong emotions. And so it's not one thing. It's not the other thing. It's 
all of this stuff that is going on, and it can really do a number on all of us. It's at a time like that that I think it's especially important to get back to the basics. And so even though you think this is elementary stuff, I want you to just focus on this for today. Jesus loves sinners and calls them to follow him. Jesus loves whom? He loves sinners. Now that's fundamental to everything else that will follow, isn't it? Because Jesus himself says that he has come not for the righteous, not for the healthy, but for sinners, for the sick. And those were not just words for Jesus. Jesus lived that out in his life. He went to the worst of the worst. In our gospel reading today, he goes to Matthew. Matthew, who is a tax collector. Now, to you and me, we might have some feelings about the IRS, the the people that we send our money to. But even though we have those feelings about them, they're generally not ostracized in our community. Uh, What we are uncomfortable with is not necessarily them, but just the fact that we have to spend all of that money on stuff that we don't always agree with. That's not exactly what's happening in the gospel reading today. With tax collectors in Jesus's day, you have a very special, unique situation. Tax collectors were really agents of the Roman Empire. And when a Jew became a tax collector, that was basically working for the enemy, helping to support the oppression of the Jewish people. And... Therefore, it's not just that tax collectors were were hated because they were the people that you had to give money to, but the Jewish people were actively wishing for the end of the Roman Empire. They wanted their own empire again. And any time a Jew would serve as a tax collector, it was a reminder that they weren't for the home team. They weren't playing for the Jews. They were aiding and abetting the enemy. And so if you were a tax collector, you might as well have just been a Roman. They were not highly favored. They were not popular. They were hated. That's who Matthew was. That's who his friends were. And Jesus goes to Matthew. Jesus goes to Matthew and he goes to his friends, his fellow tax collectors, and he spends time with them. He goes into Matthew's home, which is a sign of a very close relationship. Jesus was not afraid to be seen with these so-called sinners, with these enemies of the Jewish people. Jesus went to them. He made time for them. And that's fundamental to everything that follows because it's also true today that Jesus loves sinners. You're a sinner. (laughs) Did you know that? We don't often like to identify with sin, with our sin. We, We like to think of ourselves as good church people, right? That, oh yeah, we might have some faults. We might have some things that we do that, you know, we probably shouldn't do that, but, but we're not sinners. We don't actively do any of these kinds of things that are really heinous that the bad people do. But that's not actually true, is it? We 
are sinners. That is who we are. We were sinful from the moment of conception, from the time of our birth, all of our life until our death. It's part of our identity. We are sinners. Now, at times, we like to mince words. We like to compare and say, yes, but other people, they're greater sinners than I am. To God, it's all the same, isn't it? A sinner is a sinner. And while sometimes we don't like to be identified as a sinner, don't you see the great comfort that comes from just confessing the truth about our situation? The great message of comfort is this. Jesus loves sinners. Well, if I'm a sinner, that means Jesus loves me. But why? Why does Jesus love sinners? Why does Jesus love those who don't love him? Why does Jesus love those who do the things that, that God forbids them to do? That, that's very contrary to how we think it should be. It should be that God loves those who are good and he hates those who are bad. Of course, it doesn't work that way because all are sinful. And if God only loved the good people, then God would love no one. There's no one to fit that category. But God, Jesus loves sinners. Why? Because that's who God is. That is his DNA. That is his makeup. That God loves his creation. Even going back to Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve disobey God, that should have been it. It's sort of all over, isn't it? But that's not how the story played out. Instead, God intervened. Instead, God made a promise, a promise to Adam and Eve that one day the offspring of a woman would come and would crush the head of that serpent, would crush Satan's head. That is the promise of the gospel of salvation for you and me. That is what God promises us, promises sinners. And, and when we try to ask why, the only answer to that question is, well, because that's who God is. That's just his nature, that God loves sinners. He loves you and he loves me, just like he loved Matthew and all of his tax collector friends. He didn't wait for them to be perfect. He didn't wait for them to get their life in order. He went after them and he called them. He called them to follow him. Why would Jesus want sinners? It's a question that has only one answer. That's just who Jesus is. But there's something more to Jesus and his love for sinners. How does he love sinners? And this is an important part of the phrase, Jesus loves sinners. See, Jesus loves sinners in such a way that he does not leave them in their sin. He does not leave them in their darkness. He does not leave them in their ignorance. The next part of what we're going to say is that Jesus will call sinners to follow him. Jesus makes it possible for life for sinful people. Jesus makes it possible for forgiveness 
for sinful people like you and me. Jesus doesn't just enter into the world to have lunch with sinners, right? He was doing something more. Jesus was going to the cross to suffer and die, to pay the penalty. All of the sin of the world is put on Jesus. He takes the punishment for all of our sin and the sin of the whole world so that we might be forgiven. Jesus' love brings forgiveness and life, salvation and hope and peace and reconciliation. That's what Jesus does that makes his love transformative. Jesus doesn't just come to sinners and say, hey, love ya, bye, gotta go. He comes to call them to follow him, to follow him all the way to the cross where they will see how much he loves them. Jesus doesn't just leave Matthew and his friends as sinners. He doesn't just leave them as sick, as unhealthy people, but instead he points them to the physician himself. He points them to the medicine, to the remedy, his cross, and he points them to the life that comes through him. Because Jesus doesn't just love sinners. He calls them to follow him. See, the story of Jesus calling Matthew to be his disciple is a story of transformation. It is a story of that transformative love. When Jesus says to Matthew, come and follow me, Matthew does. Matthew follows Jesus because he knows that Jesus speaks those words of forgiveness, those words that he knows that he needs most of all. Just before this story in Matthew's gospel, he tells the account of that paralytic being healed. Now, to everybody who was there, they saw a paralyzed man, a man who was sick, a man who was not physically well. Now, with their eyes, they could see that, but with their eyes, they could not see something more fundamental. They could not see that man's heart. They could not see his sinful condition. They could not see that what was wrong with him was not just something physical, something outside, but was something inside. But Jesus could see all of that. And so Jesus forgives that man's sins. And the stories about Jesus forgiving people's sins start to circulate. No doubt Matthew has heard these stories himself. Yes, he's heard the stories about Jesus' miracles, but Jesus also brings forgiveness. And the reason I think Matthew gets up and follows Jesus is because Matthew understands something about himself. He understands that he is a sinner. He understands that he needs that remedy, that he needs that medicine that only Jesus can offer him. He knows that Jesus' love is powerful, that it transforms. And Jesus has no problem associating with sinners like Matthew and his friends. And so he follows him. And as he follows Jesus, 
Matthew is going to have ample opportunity to see and hear all of Jesus's good word, bringing the kingdom of God among them. And as Jesus does all of this, I think Matthew is going to have the opportunity to understand not only something about Jesus, but something about himself. Because if Jesus is calling Matthew as he calls all of us to follow him, what is that going to mean? Well, Matthew's going to find out that Jesus is calling him to follow him to the cross, to see the salvation, to see the source of that forgiveness that he offers. But I think it's more than that. I think Jesus also wants Matthew to follow him so that Matthew can live like Jesus is living now. I don't mean that Matthew is then going to go to a cross and die for the sins of the world, but I think that as Matthew sees how Jesus loves sinners and calls them to follow himself, he wants Matthew and all of the disciples to follow in those same footsteps, that they too should love sinners and call them to follow them, to follow Jesus. Just a few weeks ago, we had a chance to see this at work in the festival of Pentecost, where the disciples now have this opportunity where they are the ones who speak the words of the kingdom, where they are the ones who offer the forgiveness of sins, not in their own name, but in the name of Jesus. They are the ones who are inviting others to follow Jesus. They're calling them to follow Jesus, to receive the love, that transformative love, the forgiveness and peace that Jesus has worked that they would receive that for themselves. And they too would follow, and they too would call others to follow as well. And so it would continue on and on to more and more and more people. Because that's the mission of Jesus. That's what he came to do. That's what he has called us to be a part of. He has called us not as perfect ones, but as sinners. He has transformed us through his love by his sacrifice on the cross, because that's just who he is. And he has called us to follow him, not just to the cross to see our forgiveness, but to follow him, to imitate him, to live by his examples, so that we too love sinners and call them to follow him. I said it's basic. Again, you're, you're probably hearing that and say, well, okay, we knew all of that, right? I hope so. But I think it's that basic message that we need to hear again, to take into our hearts and to take out into the world. Because our world is not going to be fixed by vaccines. Now, we hope a vaccine comes. We hope that the doctors and nurses and the researchers can bring about an end to COVID-19. But that won't stop sickness. That won't stop death, will it? 
death is still going to happen. And so we need something more, something bigger. We need the gift that Jesus can give eternal life. And it's not just us. It's the whole world that needs that as well. We also live in a world that is crying out injustice. It is crying out prejudice. It is crying out racism. And I know that for a lot of you, this is an extremely difficult subject. I know for some of you, you get extremely defensive about this. You start to put up your walls. You start to come up with excuses. But don't. Just for a minute, don't. This is a great time that we have to keep our ears open, to keep our hearts open. There's hurt out there. There are hurting people out there. And you know what? Their hurt is not going to be fixed by some political changes, by some changes in our laws. Now, I hope that there are some changes that happen in our system, but that is not going to bring an end to a problem that starts in here. The only thing that will change us, the only thing that will change our community, our society, our world, is a change that happens in here, in the heart. And Jesus is the only one that can bring that change about. And so we need Jesus now more than ever. We need to hear that. When we get defensive, sometimes I think it's because we think, well, hey, I'm not racist. I am not responsible for that. I didn't do that. But we're all sinners. Maybe that's not your sin, but we are all sinful and in need of God's forgiveness. We daily sin much and fall short of what God requires. We live and breathe because God's mercies are new every morning. We live and breathe because Jesus loves sinners. And he calls us to follow him. He calls us to do the same. And that means loving people who might be racist. It means loving people who might be prejudiced. It means loving people who are living and doing things that are contrary to all forms of justice in our world. Now, loving them doesn't mean excusing all of their sins. Jesus loved us, and he didn't just excuse all of our sins, right? He died for our sins. There's a time and a place for everything. I think right now, in our world today, because of COVID-19, because of the tensions, because of all of the stuff that has been stuck up here and we have been taken out of our normal daily routines and we're just, we're on edge. In those times, it's easy to forget the basics. And so today, I just want to focus on that. Things are not going to change overnight. We did not get to this place in one day. It will not change in one day. But we also are in this place because of sin. 
And so if we look for all of the other solutions, but forget this one thing, that Jesus loves sinners and calls them to follow him, we'll never see the change that we want to see. The people who need hope the most will never receive the greatest hope, the greatest peace, the greatest salvation that there is. God's put us in some really interesting times, hasn't he? But if we are here, he also equips us. He also gives us the message. He gives us the means. He gives us his Holy Spirit. And so let us be the light in the darkness. Let us be the salt of the earth. Let us be a people who believe and understand that Jesus calls sinners, that he loves them, and he calls them to follow him. And let us be like that as well. Let us love sinners, and let us call them to follow Jesus. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, who is your Lord and risen Savior. Amen.